Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana podcast, brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Welcome to Parenting in Acadiana. Uh, I am Amy Broussard, the host for today. And with me in the studio to talk about some really important things is Monica Rowans. Did I say it right? You did. Okay, yeah. good. Monica is the sustainability coordinator over at uh, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, and she is doing some really cool things. So just tell us real quick about your work there at the university. Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me and having reps from the Office, office of Sustainability. We love talking to the community in any way we can. But so the Office of Sustainability has been around on the university's campus for a while now. But just last summer, we released a three-year strategic plan. So we're rounding out a first year uh, just on all things sustainability. So it covers operations of the university, academics and research, engagement both on campus and with the community, Mm. implementing anything and everything to reduce the university's negative impacts on the community and surrounding areas. Okay, so some of the things that I noticed, because we love UL football and we have mm-hmm. season tickets, you guys good, good. Did, did, did some really <laughs> cool things out there for tailgating and in the stadium. Tell us, you know, the changes that you guys made out at, at, at I guess it's at all athletic events, but I noticed specifically at the football field. Yeah, so it's the, the biggest effort is at football because that is what we use as our our living lab is in the football stadium because uh, it's it's contained, it's big. If we can get it right in football, then we can get it right on campus. Mm-hmm. So we actually are operating a zero-waste stadium or working towards becoming a zero-waste stadium. Uh, zero-waste means that to get to that threshold, you're diverting 90% of the waste material that's generated within an area, diverting it from landfill. So our goal is to be at that official zero-waste threshold by 2021. Uh, Right now, last season, we hit a season high on homecoming, actually, and we diverted 68% of the waste created within Cajun Field from landfill. Nice. Yeah, it was super exciting. Now our goal this season is to get 68% every game. Uh, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to do that, you have to have some specific, a a lot of things have to come together. And the biggest portion, what you probably noticed going to games, is we actually took out all landfill-bound trash cans on the main concourse. Mm -hmm. So there's only a compost bin and a recycling bin. And to make that work, anything that's served in the stadium, so luckily nothing from the outside is allowed in. Nothing is allowed in, Mm -hmm. even in your pockets or your (laughs) boots or... (laughs) No glass or styrofoam, please. Everything sold in the stadium has a home, end-of-life home, either in a recycling bin or a compost bin. Uh, so essentially, anything that a fan buys, like it has that home. There won't be any trash, landfill-bound trash created, uh, which is really awesome. Yeah. But it took a lot. So probably, I mean, I had no idea when I first, I first started at the university last summer. Uh, I came from Colorado where it was really easy like hey we want to compost so we'll call up the local compost facility and (laughs) organize sending it to them but in Louisiana there was no uh, commercial compost facility for post-consumer material or for food waste so we actually had to work with the Department of Ag and Forestry to get a an MOU permit 
in order to, so we're handling our own compost waste now. Yeah, so that which, was my next question. Where does it go? <laughs> yep. Uh, so UL Lafayette has an experimental farm out in Cade, uh, mm-hmm. which is a hidden gem. It's really awesome. If anyone is driving to St. Martinville or New Iberia and you want to, like, s- drive by the farm, it's beautiful. <laughs> and there's the compost pile out there. Okay. Yeah. So we send our material there. Uh, we work with our Waste Hauler Republic Services to mm-hmm. get it out there. But because we're handling it's always important, but it's extra important to me now because I'll have to see the contamination at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually hand sort through every bag of compost after football games to make sure that there's no contamination in there. So once it gets to the farm, it's all compostable material. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a fun job. It's super fun. <laughs> you meet the best people sorting trash. Do you have volunteers? We to do. Help? Okay. We do have volunteers. We have some student staff that work for the Office of Sustainability. And then we also partner with uh, UL's AmeriCorps team. Mm. Uh, so their dedicated service team that helps us. Awesome. Yeah. So when it gets to the compost facility, does mm-hmm. it become fertilizer? Like what's the end of life? What's the next life for compost? Yeah, so that material, so it's some food waste, but I mean, there isn't, people aren't really throwing that much food away. Uh, so it's food waste, but it's mostly compostable packaging. So mm-hmm. compostable paper plates, uh, we switched from plastic utensils to wooden utensils. So that will break down. So all of that material is mixed with wood chips, livestock litter from the cattle herd that's on the farm, as well as sugarcane bag ass. Um, That's all mixed together. It gets turned a few times a week, because if you were to just let something sit like that in a pile, it wouldn't actually compost and break down. It needs oxygen and then water. And so it breaks down and turns back into really good organic material and dirt. Um, So we currently have used it on campus to fill some new flower beds, um, and then we plan on spreading it out over the farm out there and study, like, what it does with the soil. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so pretend Mm -hmm. uh, that there's families in Acadiana that are interested interested in maybe becoming... I mean, I guess a zero waste home would be really hard, but you know, what's a small step? Could they co- compost at home? Is that a thing? It is a thing, um, especially if you have a yard. Like people think, oh, this is going to smell, mm-hmm. uh, but I actually have friends here that do compost in their yard, um, and it's just any food waste you have. When you're doing it at home, small scale, I would keep out any dairy or meat product because that does have a potential to possibly smell or just have be a bigger attractor for. Mm mice or other things yeah Yeah. but any vegetable or fruit scraps like or any paper towels or things like that definitely like just keep a little a pile in your yard um especially if you garden I mean keep a pile in that garden it's real easy to do just throw it out there turn it every once in a while and it'll eventually turn in turn into dirt Wow. Yeah. Okay that's that's really cool um so what else do you have going on at the university? Oh, lots of, so students are back. Yeah. (laughs) That's very noticeable, I'm sure. Yes. Um, Students are back along that zero waste bend. So we're doing this in Cajun Field, but it's in order to test strategies to expand to the entire campus because we have a goal of being a zero waste campus one day. So in addition to, we haven't started composting any organic material from the main campus, but we do keep a lot of food out of landfill by recovering any food um, from the dining hall. Like that's been over-prepared. They do a great job of 
budgeting each day of how much food they have to make. But, you know, I mean, we do it all the time, make sure. too much for dinner, like yeah. and have a container of leftovers for lunch the next day. Yeah. Can't do that in a like large scale, can't serve, right. you know, leftovers. Right. <laughs> um, but what we can do uh, is the dining hall works with Second Harvest, mm. uh, the food bank to they actually package up any unserved food and then get it to Second Harvest and Second Harvest ha- partners with agencies to get it to hungry families in the area. That is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. We do that after every football game, but we now do it daily from the dining hall, So, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Have y'all gotten any feedback about the impact of that? I mean, I, I, that sounds huge. Yeah. Uh, so we, let's see, exact. So I can tell you football numbers from last season. Okay. We recovered a food equivalent of 1,726 meals, Um, and that was from six football games. That was a a little over two tons of food, which equated to that many meals. In our first two months that we started recovering daily from the dining hall, we were recovering about a ton of food every month. So that's almost 1,000 meals a month going out to the community. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, just a distribution of that, so, you know, once Second Harvest takes it in Mm -hmm. I mean then they got to get it out and I guess they have to get it out pretty quickly yes so either gotten out or frozen Um, frozen so they have a bunch of the different like FDA standards which they meet Mm -hmm. no problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so True Vine is an organization that Mm -hmm. does a lot of it Um, so they come pick it up Miss Judy is amazing she comes (laughs) picks up um, then repackages everything getting it into portion sizes, freezes it. So then when they open up their food bank for people to come in, they're able to get those frozen, not frozen. Food. Frozen, prepared, hot meals. Mm-hmm. That's Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So we've covered um, waste. Are there other, other things that maybe families could do at home to reduce waste? Uh, yes. So anytime it, I mean, it gets a lot of a lot of news now. The single-use plastic thing—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's real. It's—that's <laughs> a thing. It's a thing. Um, it also is cheaper not to buy things that you're throwing away. Just from an economics perspective, like yeah. it's wasting money to create waste. So why not? <laughs> why not do it? It seems like to me, it seems like oh, are, are we repeating this again? Do people already know this? But it—it it doesn't hurt to say like when you're making lunches for kids, think about okay, I want my kid to not have to throw anything away. So packaging a sandwich in a Tupperware or a reusable container as opposed to a Ziploc bag. Mm. Not including, I don't know, do, do people use straws at home? Some people might. Some. Yeah. So maybe think about not drinking from a straw. Or if you want to or need to drink from a straw, they make really cool reusable straws nowadays. Just thinking about, okay, when this, when this is finished, I want my child to not have to get up and go to a trash can and throw anything away. That includes, like, what the beverages are packaged in. Water is usually the biggest offender. Mm -hmm. Um, So bottled water versus, you all can't see it, but (laughs) (laughs) I always have a water bottle, a metal water bottle with me. Just remembering to think to bring those things around with you. Um, A water bottle, a coffee cup, going to a coffee shop. Some people I know keep one in their car. Again, another thing to keep in your car is reusable bags. Uh, Just anytime you're maybe about to be given plastic, uh, single-use plastic. Definitely, if you're about to buy it in the store, think, what could I use? It's usually a packaging that Mm -hmm. you're using that for. Mm -hmm. So what could I package that I can wash and reuse again? They make 
lots of different, I guess, Ziploc bag alternatives. I'm using all these brand realizing like that's not okay. a plastic bag alternative. It's not so serious for our podcast. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, really, it just reminds me like, wow, they've done a good job marketing that I call all plastic bags Ziploc bags. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there's lots of alternatives now. I have cloth versions or they have ones that are... They are just a thicker plastic, so you can put them in the dishwasher and reuse them. Lots of different materials to use instead of something that you're going to throw one away every time. Gotcha. Yeah. Can we talk about recycling? Yes. Because I feel like recycling's gotten really confusing lately. It has. Okay. (laughs) So what are the rules now? Yeah, the rules now, and this is, so you know, this is like the bane of our existence in the (laughs) industry. It's one thing to try to get people to do something, but then when we keep changing the rules on you, it's really, it's hard to hold anyone accountable or like place any blame for doing it wrong because it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. (laughs) But a good rule of thumb to always remember is clean paper and cardboard is always going to be recyclable. If If it's not, then we're in lots of trouble. But clean paper and cardboard Aluminum cans are always going to be recyclable. If you ever, that's another thing at home, like moms or dads or kids, whoever's in a grocery store buying a bottled beverage or a a packaged Mm -hmm. container of any time, if you have an aluminum option versus a plastic option versus a glass option, aluminum is the best packaging choice to choose from, from a waste perspective. Okay. Because aluminum will always be recyclable. Um, And then bottle-shaped plastics. So Plastic is where it's probably it gets most confusing. Like I don't. It all has that recycling sign. And glass. And glass. I feel like glass is was and now it's not. And so can we cover both? Yeah. Let's talk about plastic and glass. Yep. So let's start with glass because it's an easier story. (laughs) Um, Glass really depends on. I mean, in plastic too, if there's an end market for it. So the way that recycling works. I mean. We put it in a recycling bin. It then gets picked up by the hauler and taken to what's called a MRF or a uh, materials recovery facility and sorted into the individual products. And then they resell those to someone who's going to turn it in to make it and make it something else. Mm-hmm. Glass, because it's so heavy and we've switched to, I mean, it's way cheaper to ship things that are packaged in plastic because it's much lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just not as much demand for glass anymore. So the recyclers aren't able to sell it, so they don't want to take it in. Gotcha. And that's, that's like the end of that. We're trying to figure out, we have plans at the university to we actually have partnered with our waste hauler. They are going to take glass from the university, and they're going to give some of it back to us so we can start testing it in some applications on campus to figure out something that will work, um, mm-hmm. that hopefully will have a real big global impact and then that bring is, glass everywhere. That's interesting. <laughs> no promises, but no, it's the plan. <laughs> Do y'all have like ideas or prototypes or is that still in the works? Yeah, what we're thinking about right now, the biggest thing would be to see how we might be able to use it within green infrastructure projects. So we're building a lot of, uh, we have a few bioswells and rain gardens on campus, which are a green infrastructure project that are built to manage handle more water than like turf grass would which is a very hot topic here yes (laughs) yes but right now in some ways that you build them you like dig out the soil and then fill it with thicker material Mm -hmm. uh, whether that be rocks or and then sand like highly permeable material so we're trying to figure out if we can use crushed glass in any way for that so we'll test some applications and see 
see what happens. Does it work? Does it have any negative or extra positive impacts? Things like that. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, well then let's jump in the plastic rabbit hole of recycling. Yes. So that one becomes a much... It's, it's still related to having a market to sell it, uh, but the way that we were working was we'd send a bunch of materials usually to China, um, and then they would have to sort. Or we would send sorted materials to China, but they weren't sorted very well. They were really dirty. It became more of a headache. I'm, I'm oversimplifying all sure. of this, but became more of a headache for them. They just said, we don't want your trash anymore. Like, this isn't valuable material you're sending us. This is trash. Right. Like, you're calling it recycled, mm-hmm. but yeah. So they, they wouldn't take it anymore. So then it's a matter, okay. So it all comes down to a clean stream. Um, and then also the mechanisms that the MRFs, those recovery facilities, have to separate the materials. Is it going to be clean? Is it going to make everything else dirty? Is the machine going to be able to sort everything out? And then is there a place for us to send it to be recycled afterwards? It seemed kind of like jumbled. Are we making sense so far? Yes. Okay. I'm with you so far. Okay. So the best thing to do as a, as a consumer of a material, so there's that chasing arrow sign, the triangle, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, they think, oh, it has the triangle. I can recycle it. That actually isn't the recycling sign. It's a symbol that was come up to represent the process of making plastic. Um, And then the number in the middle identifies the type of plastic that it is. So it's going to be a number one through seven. Number one is polyethylene. Number two, I don't remember. Some other chemical. (laughs) Number five, polypropylene. Number six, polystyrene. Seven is other. Ah, seven. (laughs) Yes. Um, so that identifies the type of plastic, which is helpful because we do know our, the different recovery facilities will tell you what type of plastic they recycle. So when I say you're, you're usually well off just knowing that I can recycle bottle shaped plastic, most bottle shaped plastic is a number one or a number two. Okay. And those are really usually generally pretty easily recycled materials. Um, three and four are what uh, like plastic bags are. You can recycle like, like grocery, grocery store, store bags mm-hmm. okay. or plastic films. So like if you do buy a case of packaged uh, beverage, let's say it's like a, a juice instead of a water. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> you can't get juice out of the tap. But that, that film around it, can little go. rings? Uh, not little rings. Those yeah. are, yeah, those are a weird, uh, they're actually made to still cut them up because mm. I'm not exactly sure how long it takes, but they're made to photodegrade. So actually like break down in sunlight, oh. but so not little rings, okay. but plastic bags and films, those can be recycled, but they can, they have to be collected separately, not in the main, your mixed recycling bin, because when it gets to the recovery facility, they get into the machines and actually break mm. them. Mm. Um, okay, so this, we're talking about, like, if you buy little, oh, I'm supposed to choose healthy things. No, that's awesome. <laughs> <I was> Juice. <laughs> right. I was going to say, uh, like, a, a a treat, you know, like, mm-hmm. individually packaged treats that might come in a, a box. Like, little Debbie's is what I'm trying <laughs> to and, <laughs> and there's that clear yes. film around so. it. Is that... Is always going to be that trash 
Because okay. it's usually going to be contaminated with crumbs or food of some kind. Uh, so when in doubt, unfortunately, when in doubt, throw it out. Like okay. because of that issue of not wanting any contamination of the rest of the materials, particularly if there is any food residue on it, you want to keep the rest of the stuff clean. Okay. Um, so those little packages are still going to be landfill bound. A no, no. Okay. Yeah. But the box it came in. Well, the box it came in, you can recycle. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. But not little dubbies, right? What's a healthier <laughs> version? <laughs> I mean, I can't even say the little gummy treats. I don't think those are any better. And those ones definitely are going to be trash bound material. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. But <laughs> eat an apple, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Just eat an apple. And don't wrap it in surround wrap. Right. Yes. <laughs> Throw out the sticker. Yeah. I'm sure stickers aren't. No. There is a company who's working on making compostable stickers and like compostable glue. Um, so one day soon. That's really Hopefully. cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything maybe that we didn't cover? I know that there's some really cool products coming out. Like you had already mentioned the reusable storage bags mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ziploc, oh, yeah, like you know, that. whatever, <laughs> reusable, uh, storage bags. Um, there's so many cool water bottles out there. Mm-hmm. I know, um, there's a couple of companies in town and, and you guys are doing it. You're u- using the wooden utensils. Yep. I d- do you know if those are like available in stores for people or is it only available on the, um, commercial side? Um, I not limited to the commercial side in terms of stores, like being able to just go to a store. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them on the shelves in anywhere in Louisiana, uh, but you can order them on Amazon. uh, Oh, right. Okay. No, or online in smaller version. And it seems like even, you know, when you throw a party, you know, there's paper plates, but I feel like there's even some cool packaging coming out of all different kinds of things. I don't know if I've seen those in the store, but I know that they exist, and I know that c- there's companies committed to using using those, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, so really, like, again, choosing paper over, no matter what, your plate, you're not going to be able to recycle because it's going to be contaminated. Oh, right. But choosing paper over plastic just in general um, because paper is, even though, yeah, we're cutting down trees or, but not always, like you said, we're using cool material to mm-hmm. make it now, Um there's a material, so the byproduct of sugarcane actually is called bagasse or bagasse, depending on what. Okay, what I was camp about you're to in. make you say that word again, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're a family show. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I say it with the I don't know which accent, but <laughs> um, the the sugarcane byproduct can be mold, pressed and molded into paper plates, uh, uh, bowls, paper towels, all kinds of things, which is awesome. And so that's a unique material that, again, is a renewable material. Right now, it's a waste material. I just talked to a sugarcane farmer yesterday, actually, because we need that material for our compost pile. Then also, I always think in my head, wouldn't it be great? Also, if that's first turned into a paper plate, which we then serve stuff on, and then we put it on our compost pile. But they're like, oh, yeah, we have mountains and mountains of it. Like, Someone come take it. That's that's really cool. What a great way to keep using natural resources right here in in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a sugarcane farmer, call Monica. Yes, please. <laughs> we would like your material. Yeah, <laughs> that's really neat. Um, okay, I think we've covered everything. Unless there's something that you can tell me that I forgot. 
Um, I would just say one more thing since we're just talking about like health, mm -hmm. healthy families in general. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a health thing as well as a sustainability thing. It's not to forget where your food's coming from. Um, and shopping at the farmer's market is an awesome opportunity. Like it, it's really good experience within the food you're getting. It's grown locally. Hel I just read a book um, the other day about or in so that and you know the serving size of fruit and vegetable like mm -hmm. it used to be when we were growing up it was five to six a day now it's like nine to twelve and the reasoning yes we've switched or the f is it the f us fda whoever yes. makes that has switched and seen we don't need as much like meat protein in our diet so it's that change but then also because the nutrient content of fruits and vegetables is lower that's crazy. And that's usually because of the soil that it's being grown in. Um, and just by rule of thumb, more often than not, the farmer's market produce is going to be produced more on our, if it's not organically produced, it's closer to that. So it's generally, if you were to test it, going to have a higher nutrient content. Um, so from a health perspective, it's healthier, but it's also more sustainable because it's local and mm -hmm. we're supporting local businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not individually packaged. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them, some of the stands will have a bag for you, but that's a place, bring your own bags. It's awesome. If you buy eggs from the farmer's market, they love that you return the carton uh, uh, every yeah. week. So I, I go to the farmer's market on Saturday, get my eggs, come back with an empty carton, basically like trade them out <laughs> every week. Um, so using that as an option uh, for your weekly shopping. Like maybe I'd say make that your plan Saturday morning and then supplement what else you still need with the stuff at the grocery store. Okay. So the final question, mm -hmm. I always like to ask our guests, what's the one thing you want parents to take away from our conversation today? Like what's, what's the one thing you really, really want them to know? Ooh, just one. <laughs> Like your big sustainability message, I mm -hmm. guess, for families. I guess the one thing, as much as we did focus on waste management, mm -hmm. and it is very important, like living a zero waste lifestyle is a, or as living a 50% waste lifestyle, anything, anything any reduction less, yeah. is great. But a takeaway, knowing and understanding that sustainability, like name a topic and I can tell you how it's related to sustainability um, knowing that there is a way to make a little impact in anything that is done and even a little impact is better than zero impact. And as much as like me recycling my one bottle or me choosing not to use that one bottle, it seems like, oh, it's just one bottle. It's not a big deal. Or, oh, it's just one carton of eggs that I bought from the grocery store instead of the farmer's market. It's not a big deal, but it really does add up. Um, if a community is all coming together to do it, it does make a, a cumulative impact. I love that. Yeah. A lot of little things mm -hmm. create one big effort. Right. It seems silly to like save a penny or five cents a day, but you know, like banks do it all. They're like, round mm -hmm. up your check, mm -hmm. save five extra cents a day. By the end of the year, you have a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So. It's a big deal. Yeah. Okay, Monica, thank you so, so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. I feel like I learned some things, too. Yeah, what are you going to do now, Amy? I don't, well, little Debbie's are out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was already the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat way more apples. I've, I'm ashamed to say I haven't made the time to go to the farmer's market, but um, I will. Cool. I love will. it. That'll be my one, <laughs> my one thing this week. Beautiful. Okay, awesome. 
Um, again, thank you for being with us. Parents, thank you for listening. Please uh, remember to subscribe to our podcast. Also, give us a review. Um, if you like it, if you enjoy it, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you think. So rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.